0: I'm Jeff Phelps. My buddy's Andy Baskin. 216-578-0092 is the number to take. uh, Give us your thoughts on, on what we're talking about today. And clearly the thing we're all talking about in this town right now is the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. He wears number four, or at least he will. Right. He's Deshaun Watson. And we've been chatting about, can you root for your football team? I think, yeah, you absolutely can. He's your quarterback. You can root for him. You can root for the quarterback. You don't have to like everything that's happened with him. He's your guy. But I, I threw this out during our, our little call this morning. I love referencing our little call this morning. I do. And, I do and you, yeah. sir, yeah. immediately shot down my my thought.
1: How long did and it you And you were
0: correct. And I, I said this, but I, I think there's a I think there's a there's a caveat with yours. Okay. And I said, Do you think this is the biggest acquisition? maybe most important acquisition any of our teams has ever made? And I immediately said no. You said, nope, it's LeBron coming back. All right, here's the caveat to that. Okay. Did our team actually acquire LeBron or LeBron just decided he was coming back? Okay, LeBron's big. That's bigger. an acquisition. I, mean, I, no, I know, yeah. I know. LeBron decided it's not like our team went out and made the move to get him because he was – he decided he wanted to come back. It worked. Okay, you're right. You are correct. Okay. That is the biggest acquisition one of our teams has ever made. But it comes with... Maybe in the history of it comes sports. With, it comes with an asterisk. Like, yeah, he wanted to come back home. And it was his call and everything else. And maybe part of the plan. Take LeBron out of the equation. Is this the biggest acquisition one of our teams has ever made? I'll, I'll say... There's there's another thing that could factor into this. I have a couple of thoughts. I want to hear them. One is Bernie. When when our team... That's true. We did have to acquire him. Yeah. That's true. You, I know, you I know, had, sometimes you forget about that. And, and and But now, like LeBron, Bernie had a lot to do with that. Right. Okay? You know, not in the regular draft. Bernie was able to figure it out. Browns were able to figure it out. Browns were able to trade the pick. Bernie might be in the same category. Biggest acquisition one of our teams has like ever made. Look, I wonder,
1: made. do Bills fans ever wonder? Right? It was yeah. the Traders of the Bills, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. To get him. yeah. I, I, and, and so that was, and that one just kind of struck me. A buddy of mine I was chatting with this morning, and he threw this one out. And I I said, that's an interesting one. But I, disagree, I don't think this is the case, but the guy became that. He said, "World be free." This and, isn't the same, kind and of, it's not no. because when World be free, he was Although, traded even up, for, I believe, for Ron Brewer. And at the time, it was like, "Oh, good, you're trading one shooting guard for another shooting guard." You didn't know that World be free it was going to be a guy who, in in many people's minds, saved the Cleveland Cavaliers. True. So I think the only other guy that might come close to it is Bernie, because you brought in a franchise quarterback was going to be your guy for a long time. But again, he had a lot to do with that. And that you can't take that away from the acquisition, just like LeBron. But, man, I, I think I think Deshaun Watson's right there. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of, you know, the Indians, the Guardians. Have, did, did they pick up anybody who had the same kind of impact? I mean, you
1: I, could say Terry Francona, but it's not a player. I mean Terry's impact on this organization has been gigantic.
0: I can't argue with that.
1: You know, you could even go back and say Hank Peters, right? Look at the trickle down. I mean, but again, I'm not talking about players. I'm talking about the lineage that you have in the front office to keep this sustainable, as close to getting a World Series as you possibly can. But again, you're talking when you go back to players. I think it's very difficult to think he has the opportunity to be the most, without a doubt,
0: the opportunity is there for him. He's got to take advantage of it. Yeah. I just, and I've loved anybody's thoughts. I, I'm trying to think of other guys, and I, Bernie, I don't think world will be freezing in that category. And you took LeBron out of the mix of this, right? We've Shaq had a couple
1: w- of tweets sent to us. All right. Okay. If that would count. So our Twitter mentions, powered by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry story. You can always tweet the show, at CLE, talking heads. David chimes in with, what about Sean Kemp to the Cavs?
0: Sean Kemp was that was a big, big, big deal, and you thought it might be something, but you were getting, you were getting an old, different version of Sean Kemp. We don't know if we're getting that of Deshaun Watson or if we're getting the Deshaun Watson who lit it up for four years in the NFL. We don't know yet. Right. But the Sean who came here was not the same Sean Kemp who was playing in Seattle.
1: You know, you go back to what I said yesterday too. Trading Joe Carter
0: was. Oh, but that's to
1: bring those guys in on that deal.
0: I mean, I'm just, I, I don't. Think none of these are at the same level. No, I don't so. think Sandy and Carlos are franchise. And no disrespect, they were environment they
1: were, changers, though, weren't they? They well, they
0: were part of it. Ian. Yeah, they were, they, part, they were of the part of the environment I, change. Yeah. I can't. And you know, I how fondly I think of Sandy Alomar, I can't say that Sandy was the catalyst for the whole thing because there were a lot of guys. This guy could be the catalyst for. a making the next move with his football team.
1: Oh, and Dale chimes in with Brad Doherty,
0: the draft day trade for Dale, for Brad Doherty. And that was a trade. Too. That's a big yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big that's deal. A, that's a good one. And, but now Brad, kind of like, well, kind of like Sandy, maybe Brad was the centerpiece. Correct. Of a good young group of players. You know, it wasn't Brad's impact. Wasn't like LeBron's impact, you know, and, I think to Sean Watson his impact on this football team I hope it becomes a similar type of impact to what LeBron had and, and it'll never it it'll, I, I don't think it'll ever reach that but if it could reach what Bernie did here and being you know a really good quarterback on a really good string of football teams I I hope he can reach Bernie impact level Michael's in Bedford. Hello, Michael.
2: Hey, Michael. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Well it's good. Well it's about Deshaun. The reason he's not in jail is because what he has is a character flaw. And we've had other players with character flaws, like Kareem. But in my perspective, with him being under the spotlight like this, it really helps changes things. I'm sure if he is wrong, I mean he hasn't admitted that. But he's definitely had to evaluate the situation. And if he thought it was okay before to do what he did, then by now I'm thinking he's cor- corrected his flaw in his character. And if he's corrected the flaw in his character, then I'm fine. People make mistakes all the time as far as, as their, their processing or their thought of things. And he was young at the time. Maybe he had it wrong. I'm not sure. If he did it, but if he did it, maybe he had – I don't know. But I do believe at this point he had to have corrected his fraud in his thinking. At least en- at saying? least
0: enough to be able to do his job because the NFL is letting him, Michael.
2: Yeah, that's that's true. But I'm just thinking the amount of pressure on this man because of this, this has to be something he would never even think. You know, I'm and I'm sure he's probably thinking – you know, I don't know what I was thinking at that time, but this is huge. And I don't know, as far as the tra- us with this trade, this is definitely the most controversial trade in Cleveland sports. I believe that we've had.
0: That's a that's a big one. That's a big one. Although Michael, you did trade him. LeBron too. That was kind of controversial. You didn't have a choice. Well, Donovan Mitchell in this
3: category yet?
0: No, I don't think so either. But he's, that's a big one. Craig's in
3: Lorraine. Hello, Craig. Hey, Craig. Hello, sir. Gentlemen, good morning to you. And to you. you. I'm going to be right to the point about Deshaun Watson. I don't care what the rest of the world does. I've been following the Browns since 1960 when I was eight years old. Nice. And this is a golden opportunity for the Browns to go right to the top. Uh, I've forgiven the man. I root for him, root for the Browns, and whatever the rest of the world does, that's up to them. Thank you, gentlemen.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Richard's in Columbus. Hello, Richard.
2: Hey, Richard. Hey, gentlemen. Good day to you. And to you. Hey to you. Um, thank you. Yeah, uh, listen, I don't look at any of these sports guys, anybody on TV, any politician, any of these people as role models or people that I'm trying to be like or be about. With that being said, I'm rooting for Deshaun. I'm rooting for the team. And, and in light of this news that just came out uh, yesterday about. Who's going to be at the game? I hope he lights Houston up. I mean, just light it up. Christmas is upon us. Light it up down there. And I think the team's going to rally around him. And, and everybody in the building and up in Cleveland is going to rally around him. And like the last caller just said, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Have it and go on about your business. Richard, so we're, we're, are, we, we got us a franchise quarterback right now. And that's really all I see.
0: Richard, thank you very much. I'm so curious to see what's going to happen. We th- and I'm curious to see if he's going to speak today. So stay tuned. Should happen. We're expecting it to happen. It's not been announced by the Browns. We'll see. We're going to make Jeff Thomas do it next right here on Baskin of Phelps. According to the word that we're receiving, Deshaun Watson will not be speaking in Berea today. At least he's not on the list of players who will be speaking. It's Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa coming up. You'll hear him right here on The Fan. Press conferences are brought to us by Nissan of North Olmsted and I-90 Nissan in Sheffield Village. You can shop online at BigNissan.com. Big deal to you that he's not talking today? It's Wednesday. I think it's
1: silly. I think the Browns should get it out of the way. I I just, uh, you can, I don't know, I guess
0: there's two ways to look at it.
1: One, you could bury it on Friday when no one, like that, like we were talking about that Friday, you know, after five press conference where it kind of gets, uh, people's attention to media changes over the weekend, and so maybe that's one reason why you do it. But I don't know. You know, we talked about this before. You know, the Guardian slash Indians get in front of everything, and if I, I, you know, I don't. I just know how they handle things, and I in the long run, it always seems to work out the right way for them. And the Browns don't, so I'm not quite sure what their rationale is, and I don't know that we'll ever find out. But I just think if you have your quarterback go out there on Wednesday every time in the eternity of the franchise, and then all of a sudden now you're – it just looks like you're trying to hide something. Just get him out there and get it over with.
0: Now, just because he's not speaking today doesn't mean he won't speak this week. No, he has to, doesn't he? Well, Your starting quarterback is supposed to speak. Well, here here's the, the, you have the rule, rule, and this is according to profootballwriters.org. Okay. Players must be available to the media following every game and regularly in person during the practice week as required under league rules – And their contracts, and as noted above, it is not permissible for any player or any group of players to boycott the media. That's NFL. Baseball, you never have to say a word. Basketball, guys know they're selling themselves. They they, they talk. But that's the, according to the rules in the Pro Football Writers of America, NFL Media Access Policy. So they have to make themselves regularly available.
1: Um, I, Again, if I were the Bronx, I would have. I, I, so they didn't violate I guess anything. I, I, no. Andy. I mean, there's he tomorrow. To there's Friday. Yeah. If the locker room's open and he's in there, then he's available. Right. Is that how it works?
0: Well, I mean, the, the, the problem is. You kind of have to show up in the locker room. What I always hated was the open locker room period and all the players leave. Right. But. Which, you know,
1: happens. I don't know. I just think the Browns would have been better off just doing a press conference, throw him up at the podium, and
0: get it over with. Get it over with. I couldn't agree with you more on that. Ryan is in Las Vegas. Ryan, if we uh, go to Berea, I'll put you back on hold. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Ryan.
3: Andy, hey, Jeff. Gentlemen, hey, you make perfect sense there, Andy. alluded to get him on the podium and just get it over with. Uh, again, that's what us as Browns fans, you guys included, obviously, just want. We don't want to talk about morals and ethics anymore. We want to talk about X's and O's. We want to talk about, obviously, what's at hand and what is, obviously, him going back to Houston and getting this W. I mean, that's what we want as Browns fans. Um, doesn't get me wrong. We want. We don't want to push anything underneath the rug. Uh, we recognize, you know, player personnel that for teams that we cheer for has a bearing, you know, uh, on us just as a fan base. And You know, we don't want to just say it's all about the game and not about the player and personnel, what they do off the field, because that is important, obviously. And I'm not, you know, I don't know. I'm still on the fence of really what I feel about him. I do know one thing, like I alluded to, I just want football, right? And, again, we have this guy now for four years plus obviously the remainder of the season, which is just just pumps you up as a Browns fan knowing we finally have that guy that can really just – we don't have to worry about who's going to be under center and really be productive because we know we have that individual. Will the cobwebs be there? Sure. But, again, back to the podium aspect of it, um, you know, as a political uh, – you know, just just minding his P's and Q's and, and being fearful of himself. Uh, Mary Cabot or whomever is on the verge of just asking, you know, really serious questions right now on the forefront of him about to play again. I think the Browns protecting him in a way him himself maybe deciding that is maybe beneficial to that. Again, I, I again, I just said, I just want football, the whole aspect of, you know, what to say, what not to say, if he's going to speak this, that and the other, you know, you take it as what it is, but again, um, Whatever's whatever i just can't wait for this sunday to see him in a browns uniform throwing passes and handing the ball off to chubb and it's going to be fun as hell but again guys uh great show as always thanks for taking my call all
0: right rye thank you very much oh, thank just, you, Ryan. He, just okay. beat, the- beat the the orchestra right? yeah it was, that was they tight, were warming up in the pit that was really tight there's no reason he can't speak thursday or friday
1: all right if you're the browns you play media coordinator what are you doing
0: I would have had him speak today. I, I would have probably done it on yesterday, Monday. Call a but, special session.
1: Well, the the, the work week Monday. starts
0: on Wednesday, officially. You know, for the players and all. all right. So I, I would have had it today. But, but
1: that's he okay. was back. That's like, okay. if they made a a free agent pickup, would you take a free agent pickup and put him on the podium that yeah, day? Yeah, you an had extra thing. Except, you made a trade during before the trade deadline. Would you put them on the podium? The but day? you might
0: not have everybody out there. In fact, didn't they have just Zoom call on Monday? So, okay. You could have brought everybody out. How about just putting him on a Zoom call? He could have done that. Um, we'll see. I would as, I would assume, and again, you know what happens when you assume, that he would speak sometime this week. Now, one reason that guys speak, Andy, and I know this is especially true in the NBA. Right. Guys are selling selling shoes. They're mm-hmm. selling all kinds of stuff.
1: Right. So... The more you let that person in your house on television, whether you realize it or not, the, the more, more comfortable more- you become with them on on your TV, Thank you. and going. then you notice them in commercials. It's going. very beneficial to uh, the player Keep and going. to the product.
0: No one understands that more than LeBron James. But Without a doubt. Michael Jordan was the king of it Yeah, before LeBron did it. I, I remember when the Cavs and the and the Bulls were playing in the playoffs. I remember walking into the Coliseum. Bulls were practicing on the floor one day, and it was during the playoff series. Michael saw it, and they let every, all the media in. Mm -hmm. Michael saw us walk in. What did he do? Put a Gatorade cap up on the thing? Didn't run to the bus. No. He walked over. They had those big wooden courtside seats at the Coliseum. Right. He went over and sat down on a seat. Right there at half court, waited for everybody to show up. You know when he left? After everybody had asked everything they wanted to know. And said, you guys good, probably, right? Yep. And he got up and left. And I thought, yep, you're going to be a billionaire owner of a team one day. I got to tell you, one well, of guess what, He's a billionaire owner of a team. Why? He knew how to milk the system. I, I, mean, I good for him. This is a little behind the scenes. Stuff Always too. appreciated that too. He yeah. was terrific.
1: I learned a, a lesson a long, long time ago, and I, I, I must have been pretty young in Columbus at the time. And I'm not a big fan of ambush interviews. Does everyone know what that is? Those are and, the worst. Okay, absolute worst. And the ambush interview is is made to make whoever is being interviewed look bad. There's no, and you want the camera shaking, you want the camera guy, uh, you know, running after the person you're trying to interview, and then you're hoping that you catch that person off guard, and there's no doubt about it, they look guilty, and by the way, that makes for entertaining television, in case you don't realize that, right? So, I was in Columbus at the time, and Jamie Roots, who ended up moving on to be the general manager at, uh, at Houston at one point, do you remember Do you know what I'm talking about? Anyway, he was the general manager for the Columbus crew at one point, and there was a an election to see if they could build the crew stadium in Dublin and it failed. And I was on my way to Orlando to go interview him because they were at training camp. And I remember going, Oh, this might have to be an ambush interview. I gotta ask him about this thing failing. I really don't wanna do this. I just I hate that. I don't like when people do this. I don't like when reporters do it. I think it makes us look slimy. Yeah. And so I remember walking up to him and I was like, Hey James, how are you? And he was like hey Andy, what's going on? and i was like hey i need to ask you a couple questions and he was like well okay i got a couple minutes to sit down and i was like oh wait a minute what and he he was like yeah let's just sit down and talk about it i go okay and so the camera guy grabbed his tripod and we sat down in a chair in florida and talked about how the the uh, uh the i'm trying to not a mill or a levy or i'm just trying, the, the stadium issue didn't pass in dublin mm-hmm. and it was at that point i realized i was like Man, if anybody ever has someone pull an ambush interview on them, all they need to do is stop the situation and take control, and that's exactly what Jamie had done at that point, without even realizing it. I mean, I knew Jamie, but I also knew that Jamie may not want to talk about it. And but Jamie was cool about it, and he wanted. I mean, he was he was more than uh, he was more than eager to talk about what they wanted to do next, and what became next was the what would eventually become Crew Stadium down at the fairgrounds. Um, so they had a plan B, and they were ready to go if it didn't pass, but it, it was that whole notion of you know being a reporter and trying to think you had to get this ambush interview, and if you were ever on the other side of it, and it just made me realize that if anybody was ever chasing you with a camera, right, get that thing out of my face, how many times have we seen people do that? The best thing to do is just say, alright, stop. Yeah, Let's sit down and talk, and then all of a sudden, it just it takes all the anger energy out of those interviews, and so I, I, I do think that there's a, a lesson to be learned in that situation, and and for Deshaun and the Browns at this point, uh, you know, when Deshaun speaks, they control the situation. They yeah. can talk about anything they want. It's their floor. So.
0: I, ha- I had two interviews kind of where the guy didn't stop but didn't argue about talking. One was Bill Belichick when he had interviewed with the Browns and was at the airport, and we kind of staked him out. And, you know, you feel, I, I felt weird doing that. But walked up to him at the airport after he had checked in, he's walking toward the gate, and he didn't stop. But he was very cordial, so we kind of did a walkie-talkie interview with him. And the other was at Firestone Country Club with former President George Bush. Wait, what? what I know. Happened? Yeah, what happened? He was playing golf. He was the honorary figure of Firestone, you know, for the, that year. the World Series the World So he was not golf.
1: president at the time, though. No, right? he
0: was the former president. Okay. And it was a pro-am. It's a long story. I'll give you the very short Cliff Notes version. Sure. His playing partner was Hale Irwin. Oh, who was cool. a terrific guy? Yeah, and the Pittsburgh guy. No, no, he he played defensive back oh, actually in Colorado. Of... Oh, okay, yeah, oh, well, was... Was a golfer who wore glasses. Okay, win. and so we're following the president around and shooting video, and you know it was fun, and we thought we got to try and catch him here, and so Marty Deschant, mm-hmm. longtime photographer in town, my classmate at Kent State. Yeah, he and I are together on this, and we, he's walking from one hole to the other. Are you hiding behind a tree? No, we oh, were out okay, in, in, in plain view. Secret Service is all over the place. Right. And they had, like, a square around the president. They had a a, sure. a Secret Service guy in each corner. Right. And I walk up, and I hold the microphone up, and one of the Secret Service guys nods his head. Oh, wow, Like, cool. go for it. Right. Well, the president's still walking, and so I'm, like, walking backwards. Marty's walking backwards, and we're talking to the president. Oh, that's cool. Hale Irwin had stopped. Marty didn't see him. I didn't see him. Oh, I'm, wow. t- I'm looking at the president. Marty steps on Hale Irwin's ankle. Oh no! <laughs> and the president goes, "Oh hey, don't hurt my partner there." And Hale Irwin's cussing. He's really mad. Oh wow! Yeah, he had stopped. Marty stepped on him. So I, while we're sharing stories like this, I can tell
1: it in less than thirty seconds. Um, you remember how when the Cavs locker and LeBron was in the corner. Yeah. And a lot of times you would walk in there. Next
0: to the electrical outlets. Yeah. At the time, those were the only electrical outlets. Each locker didn't have their own. Oh, didn't realize. So LeBron staked out the electrical outlets.
1: So it was after a game. There must have been – like, that room is built for about 25 people, let's be honest. On a good day. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the media had crushed the locker room that game, and I had kind of walked in and turned around, and I was walking backwards. And, you know, you look, and you see LeBron's not in his locker, right? All you see are heads standing around – So you're trying to find a spot in the corner, and I was walking backwards, and I put my foot down, and all of a sudden I felt this hand on my leg. And he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, my God. Did you step on him? It was LeBron stretching out after the game on the ground. I didn't see him. And I was like, oh, man. Did you step on him? No, I came really, really close. And he was like, man. And so then I went and talked to our man Mercado, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to do that. He goes, oh, it's
0: all right. Don't worry. She said, don't worry about it. That's me. the way to go. Yeah. That's the way to go. Browns players, Berea, Deshaun Watson, not expected to be one of them. Nick Chubb coming up. Denzel Ward coming up. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. We will hear parts of that coming up right here on Baskin and Phelps.